coming up on episode 8 of the gameplay pod we'll find out if no news really is good news because there is no news at the moment um, but we're talking games as always so we've got Vampire, Unravel 2 and my thoughts on Oxenfree um, a busy couple of weeks for playing games if not talking about them all that this time on the gameplay pod So welcome friends to episode 8, 8, episode 8 of the Gameplay Pod. My name is Giles Nicholson, I am Giles Wentwest on Twitter and also Giles Wentwest on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. So look me up, uh, give me a follow, send me a friend request and let's play some games. Uh, on this show there has been pretty much zero news to be honest the last two weeks which is understandable given that we find ourselves in the middle of this um, crazy uh, pandemic um, so I am going to pretty much skip the news section or rather just acknowledge that there isn't any um, there was quite a lot happening uh, last time we spoke and a few big games came out I think at the moment uh, if I check my timeline I'm sure you guys are the same um, everyone seems to be playing either Animal Crossing or Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, so if you're playing one of those two, I hope you are enjoying it. I'm not playing either at the moment. I'm still working through uh, some much older games and I'm going to spend today really covering what I've been playing recently. Um, but yeah, some uh, some big games out. Glad people are enjoying them. Um, and yeah, we all need a bit of an escape right now, don't we? So hope that is going well for you. Quick bit of housekeeping, uh, you can possibly still hear, I am um, kind of under the weather, I think I'm fine, so please don't worry, um, but i uh, got some kind of cold or sinusy type thing which is highly annoying and probably makes me sound, well, in my head it makes me sound, you know, sultry and, and you know, uh, intelligent in some way, but uh, in reality it probably just sounds like I'm uh, kind of growling at you down the microphone, so apologies for that, hopefully I'll be better next time, uh, it's gone on longer than I'd hope, but uh, we're going to soldier on. Uh, and in other news, you sort of noise news, um, don't know how much it's going to pick it up, but um, I am currently living in a flat right next to the canal, and uh, yeah, extra extra sound effects from the geese and swans they are going absolutely bonkers for the sun today so uh, glad they're enjoying themselves out there um, they seem not to be respecting social distancing um, but they've been having the time of their lives since about six o'clock this morning so um, yeah if you hear some some uh, enthusiastic honking going on in the background um, that is they and um, yeah I'd love to say it was you know featuring a uh, special guest from uh, Untitled Geese Game but I think it's uh, mostly swans to be honest do swans honk? do geese honk? I'm not quite sure uh, if you know leave me a comment and so yeah a very quiet period for news but I think we are calm before the storm there's lots of hints going around and information going out there that um, things will be very shortly ramping up I think Phil Spencer tweeted from Xbox um, just a couple of days ago or maybe even hours ago um, that news on games is coming very soon and there's some rumours I think out that uh, there's some big announcements in May I mean obviously we don't have E3 in June um, there's a big IGN event in June, um, but Microsoft in particular have committed to uh, kind of digital events, and so those are definitely coming, and I'd say in the next two months, but by the sounds of it, maybe even next month in May. 
Um, PlayStation, who knows? Um, they are, in my opinion anyway, being very strange right now. Um, but, you know, they can afford to be, but um, history suggests that um, that's a kind of dangerous game to play. So we shall see. But yeah, more news, uh, I'm sure, next time we get to speak. So yeah, the good news of lockdown and, you know, madness uh, that is currently um, affecting us all is that I've got to play quite a lot recently. So I thought I'd take today as a chance to talk about three games I've been playing um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, Vampire, uh, an action RPG from Don't Nod. Um, Unravel 2 um, from EA, but um, one of the EA originals. I'm trying to remember the name of the developer now. It'll come to me later, hopefully. Um, but uh, sort of side-scrolling um, platformer. Uh, and then Oxenfree. Uh, a sort of, hmm, how do you describe that? Adventure game, I guess. Um, which is, all three of them have been out for some time now. So uh, not claiming any of them are that new. I think Vampire only made it to Switch quite recently. Um, but it's been out on Xbox One, uh, PS4 and Windows for a couple of years um, but was on Game Pass so uh, that's how I got to that and let's start with Vampire because I really enjoyed it. Okay so I played Vampire in a bit of a rush because I was playing on Game Pass and it was available, I'm sorry it's not now. Uh, I was um, it was on my wish list for quite a while in Game Pass and I was looking at it just wondering you know when I'd get to it, and then I got the dreaded uh, update from Microsoft when they um, give you a pathetic sort of two weeks to tell you something's leaving. And I think it's one of the one of the real weakest things on Game Pass. I really hope they change that. PS Now does a much better job. It gives you um, gives you a leaving date on I think each of the games, but certainly on on the games that I've looked at. So you really know how long you've got to uh, to play them. Um, but yeah, Vampira was um, leaving, I think, mid-September, mid what am I, time is meaningless at the moment, um, mid-March, I think it was mid-March it left, but certainly um, when I saw her I had a couple of weeks and I had some time, I thought, right, let's see if I can uh, charge my way through it. Um, did rush it a little bit, so that's uh, sort of obviously changes how you experience it. But um, you know, as I think anyone listening by now probably knows, I'm quite a fan of sort of um, blasting through um, the main story of a game. I tend to not sort of get too sidetracked. Uh, I like a little bit of distraction to the side, um, but I'm very driven by the narrative. So, um, Vampire, I looked at how long it was going to take me to beat um, on howlongtobeat.com. Uh, which I think is a really helpful site, although I'm always a bit behind the averages. I think I'm either slow, terrible, or a bit of both. Um, and uh, realised that I could get it done and hopefully enjoy it, and I really did. Um, so yeah, it's a third-person action-adventure, action-role-playing game, rather. Um, not massive. Um, it's all set in, in London, in the... Um, 1918 I think and uh, I will come back to the setting because uh, it's not quite the escapist fun I was uh, I was probably looking for at the time 
Um, but yeah, so it's yeah, set in 1918. He returns, uh, the lead character's Dr. Jonathan Reed, returns from the Great War in uh, 1918, um, comes back to a very grim London. Um, so it is uh, set during the Spanish flu pandemic, um, which really made the game much, much closer to home than I was expecting, probably wanted. Um, but uh, it did give it a certain uh, a certain feeling, definitely. You know, seeing all these uh, people suffering through quarantine and, and unfortunately people really suffering with respiratory problems um, through a flu pandemic um, felt um, yeah very on the money. And um, obviously that made it quite uncomfortable at the moment because there's a lot of people genuinely um, going through a lot of tough times. Um, and in a way, I guess it sort of made it even more creepy, um, which really played into the the mood of the game and the sort of sense of yeah grimness and, and oppression and, and there's a sort of darkness in the game. I mean, it's it's all set at night. Obviously, he's a vampire. Uh, spoiler. Oh, I don't think it's a spoiler because it's in like literally in the title. Um, but also, you know, it happens all in the first uh, first few minutes of the game. Um, so he moves around at night, so it's very dark, um, literally in terms of visual, um, but it's also quite a dark game. You know, you can um, choose to sort of sort of walk a more sort of uh, heroic path, um, or you can uh, kind of give in to your um, sort of lust for blood, um, which is obviously what I did. And I say obviously, I mean, part of that is driven by a, a really interesting game mechanic, which I thought was really clever. Um, basically, you can, you know, if you are going to be more kind of morally upstanding and you, you don't, you know, maybe only take out the bad people um, or, you know, even try and avoid combat in general, you know, um, take, certainly avoid killing innocent people. Um, then you will have a harder experience um, or you can kind of give in to the temptation as a gamer um, of um, kind of uh, killing or other I've forgotten quite how they describe it but you know um, sort of taking advantage of feeding on um, some innocent people and that makes the game easier because you advance through your um, your stats and your levels quicker. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. You know, uh, the character is obviously uh, supposed to be kind of torn between trying to be a decent person, which he clearly is at the start of the game, um, and his sort of you know his nature or his newfound nature anyway. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting to sort of give the, the player a bit of a dilemma for them to. Um, sort of ponder as well as they went along. Um, I have to say very quickly I, I gave in to uh, the temptation to um, to sort of power myself up and, and kind of take the consequences so yeah video game wise I am maybe not such a good person. Um, but part of that was also because I really didn't want to get into another grindy experience um, just came out of Horizon Zero Dawn um, which I thought did lots of good stuff and check out last podcast or my article on Jump Cut about Horizon um, but I did did enjoy it but um, yeah I felt that just dragged on too long for me 
Um, and I really didn't want that experience, not least because I was up against the clock uh, for when Vampire was going off Game Pass. So I did find there were still moments where it was a bit grindy, um, and I am very glad that I had sort of given in to temptation and, and kind of boosted my stats because I still found it. As I say, there are a couple of fights in particular where I felt like I was having to sort of go and do something else just to try and get up to the sort of level I needed to be to to have those fights again. Maybe I'm just not very good. Um, I have played a lot of games though. Uh, I don't think I'm terrible. Um, and so, yeah, I think um, I did the right thing here because it, it added to my experience by, um, or rather it would have taken away it had it sort of drawn out longer. Um, as it was, the final boss was an absolute bugger um, and so that took me a very long time and you know quite a lot of swearing if I'm honest um, but I did defeat them in the end um, no spoilers um, and so yeah it was it was satisfying you know it's it's interesting I never played Dark Souls beyond like the first minute no 10 minutes maybe. Um, kind of interested in the concept. I've got Bloodborne through PS Plus somewhere uh, and I'd be interested in trying it but um, as I say I've, I've never been massively about these sort of hugely frustrating or huge level of challenge um, or rather I say never. Um, back in the day that was definitely what I was into but at the moment so many great games uh, available lots of um, other demands on my time and um, yeah very little spare time um, it just makes sense to me to, to play things that um, I enjoy however um, playing Jello Fallen Order I really enjoyed the challenge there and I, I thought that was challenging and um, Vampire had uh, some things in common with that sort of gameplay you know you needed to be very quick on the evade and the, the blocks um, and very tactical about how you use your resources and stuff so I did enjoy it um, and I think it had a really nice balance as I say apart from for me um, one of the bosses sort of in the middle and the final boss where um, it was just on the just beyond where I'd want it to be in terms of frustrating but you know it got through it in the end it's not a it's not a beautiful game um, I think so the strength is really the narrative. I thought the story was really, really interesting, um, really good, um, and yeah, the mood and the sort of just the the atmosphere that the team have developed. I mean, don't nod the developers um, did Life is Strange, which is I think just such a brilliant game, such good writing, um, and I think they've done a, a great job here as well. Um, making you really feel like this is a kind of believable world, albeit one you know with vampires and kind of vampire hunters inhabiting it. Um, so I thought that was the game's strength in terms of um, sort of technically, it's it's not perfect. Um, had a few crashes um, even on Xbox One X, um, and yeah, it looked fine, but um, it's not going to win any you know any beauty pageants or anything. Um, but overall, um, what it did, it really played into what I enjoy about games. So as I say, that is story, um, atmosphere, and um, yeah, just something really interesting about it. You know, this is not a um, mindless, um, you know, 
run-of-the-mill game and I would highly recommend it. Um, it has left Game Pass unfortunately but it is on PS Now and it is available to download on PS Now so if you've got that definitely worth checking out and actually on PlayStation at the moment it's on sale for 13 quid so um, not much at all, um, well worth your time in my opinion and um, yeah I would uh, as I say highly recommend it. So after Vampire, I and um, yeah the, the sort of bleak reminder of, of real life at the moment, uh, I decided I was looking at something a little bit more wholesome and vibrant and colourful. So um, I finally jumped into Unravel 2 from um, well, from EA. It's on EA Access on PlayStation and Xbox, um, and it's on sale actually at the moment on Nintendo Switch. Um, it is currently £6.24, although that offer expires tomorrow, so if you are listening to this, it expires Saturday the 25th of April, so um, if you happen to listen to this straight away, um, Unravel 2 on Switch is well worth your money, spoiler warning, I uh, actually, okay, let's come back to that, but um, I'd still recommend it, but with some caveats. Um, so yeah, this is the second game from um, Unravel. Um, it's from developers called Coldwood Interactive, they're Swedish, um, and I loved the first one. Um, so let's talk quickly about the first Unravel and what I liked so much about it. And again, I've written about this um, actually a long, long time ago, um, back on my own site. So yeah, the first game in the series, Unravel, um, followed Yarni, who was our hero, who was a ball of yarn, as the name possibly suggests, sort of red yarn, so red kind of wool stuff, um, and it was just absolutely captivating for me. Um, beautiful game, um, so a 2D sort of puzzle platformer, really, I mean, one of the most visually striking games I still have played to this day. I just love the design. Um, has a real kind of, especially the natural, the the levels in the sort of nature settings, um, just absolutely stunning. Really, really evocative of um, the kind of interactive memories that you're playing through in terms of the story. Very sort of dreamy, um, lazy family days together, and um, yeah, it's just just beautiful. So sound visual design um, and just the look of it and the feel of the whole game is just a warm hug of a game it's so good I'd highly recommend the first Unravel to, to anyone really who wants to who enjoys you know particularly puzzle platformers but also um, is interested in kind of emotional narrative um, experiences because it's just so so good um, so when it came to the second one, it was interesting that I didn't jump in straight away. I mean, when it came out, I was tempted to buy it just to support the developer because I really loved the first one. And then when it came to EA Access, um, I was intending to dive in straight away, but again, something did hold me back. I mean, this um, this slight, actually quite a significant change to the game design, um, which again I, I will come to. Um, maybe it was that, maybe it was just other things that I had to play. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since I've had access to Unravel 2 and I finally, you know, now is the perfect time really to, to give it a go. So objectively, the thing I would say about um, Unravel 2 is that it's still a really good game. Um, 
everything really nearly everything I loved about the first game is there um, but this uh, decision the team have made um, to make it a two-player co-op game um, is really I think what made it for me there's, there's two things that, that made it slightly inferior to the first for me and um, so the first one is this decision to go two-player now I should say you know I'm currently um, sort of self-isolating I guess um, not entirely deliberately but I'm in a flat on my own at the moment and it's um, two player I think it's not available online but there's no one I would play it with online at the moment anyway so um, it's two player co-op you can play as one player um, but when you do that you're controlling two characters so a lot of the puzzles um, in the first game which were built around how you use your your yarn the rest of your body um, in some sort of physics based puzzles um, a lot of them now are based on needing to use the two players um, together so you don't have to use them simultaneously the way it's designed is that you know you can move one and then change character and move the other and it, it works you know mechanically it works um, but it's really interesting because um, it feels as a, as a one player game it feels very much like you're missing out so yeah, the, the big kind of caveat I would say is if, if there's two of you playing, and particularly now, I mean, it might be a great experience to play together, but that wasn't the experience I had. So just going through um, how I played the game. Um, and then the other thing about um, bringing that to player, first of all, the first game in, in my view was, was near perfect. Um, you know, really, really great game, beautiful to look at and um, as, a, as a story you know it was it felt it almost had that slightly um, bittersweet feeling of, of feeling kind of on your own um, you know Yanni was trying to trying to make his way back I think to to home um, so he was on his own that, that kind of sadness that um, uh, just that feeling um, from the game was was something that was really powerful so by being together I mean it's a very different feeling that the team are going for um, and clearly it is something they were deliberately going for I should say it's not something they've, they've made a mistake on by any means but to me it was it was uh, kind of less interesting than, than the first game story of being alone and trying to trying to make your way back home whereas here it was more about um, the the two characters Kind of um, just going through old memories, and it didn't for me have that that journey and that emotional connection that I was looking for. So um, mechanically, didn't quite work as well for me because of the reliance on the two-player mechanic. Um, and story-wise, again, it didn't it just didn't resonate with me quite the way the first one did. And I should you know that is because the first one left such a strong impression on me. Um, I loved that game and this uh, Unravel Two I enjoyed. Um, but I didn't love and I think that's quite a big difference and so lastly um, for today anyway is uh, Oxenfree which um, again I've had for quite a long time I think it was available on Game Pass um, let me just double check actually yeah so it's um, available through Xbox Game Pass at the moment um, and I actually played it on Switch um, so I did think it was worth, I think it was in a sale uh, a while ago, I thought it was the sort of game that 
um, deserved a few quid for the developer, so I um, I bought that, and also I thought it would be a really good fit for Switch for the time when I um, didn't necessarily have my other consoles around. Although obviously at the moment um, the mobility aspect of Switch is is slightly less uh, less of a, a unique selling point, given that uh, for me anyway I'm very much um, restricted to to the flat uh, around here for now. Um, so back to the game, it's, uh, they describe it as a mystery graphic adventure game and it's um, definitely uh, got some kind of X-Files-y and um, I thought some Donnie Darko vibes as well. I um, really enjoyed the style of it, so it's, uh, what's the story, it's a, a group of friends kind of, kind of classic kind of teen, teen film type setup, a group of friends kind of go off to an island. Um, and um, some weird stuff happens, is the short version, uh, without giving anything too much away. Um, and yeah, you know, I was really interested by this, um, by the reviews for this game. Uh, very, you know, very much in my wheelhouse, the sort of narrative, um, strong narrative, uh, and interesting dialogue. Um, I do tend to like those games, I quite like a, a walking simulator here and there as well. Um, and this has got a uh, you know, really stylish uh, 2D, um, sort of almost watercolour um, style about it. Um, but it's also, um, yeah, just really, really interesting writing, particularly the, the sort of interplay between the characters. Um, a lot of reviews have talked about this, so I won't, I won't go on about it. But um, I agree with all of those essentially. So um, you know, you get speech bubbles appearing, you get some choices, um, and some of those choices can influence the gameplay. Um, so now I've finished it, I had a bit of a read um, and understand that you know some of the characters and how things work out for each of them, you know where they end up, who they end up with, etc., etc., um, is determined by your choices. So you do have a, a little bit of control over them. Um, so yeah, the um, the 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 setup and the gameplay. No, sorry, the setup and the story. Um, I thought were really good. Um, I was I was kind of disappointed in the gameplay, to be honest. Now, as I say, I'm I'm quite happy to you know something like um, what became of Edith Finch. I thought was a brilliant game. So I don't need and I enjoy the Telltale games as well. So I don't need huge amounts of interactivity. Um, but I found the mechanics in um, Oxenfree a little bit boring if I'm honest. Um, lots of kind of wandering around and, and kind of it's that classic um, adventure game type thing of kind of finding a, a point of interest and clicking on it and then having some exposition. Um, from a story point of view that worked well but from a gameplay mechanic I thought it was I thought it was um, too basic really. Um, essentially apart from kind of interacting um, with with the backgrounds and each other, um, really the only um, sort of element to the game is, is that you've got this um, radio that you can kind of tune in different frequencies to either um, access um, broadcasts or quite often to, um, how do I say this without spoiling, um, to trigger actions. Um, so, you know, there is some kind of connection between this radio of yours and um, things that can happen around you. So, yeah, this is a really basic mechanic. You basically tune into different frequencies on the on the radio, um, and while you're doing that, you get a, a bit of haptic um, when you get to kind of the right place. So, 
it's you know it's like um your classic lockpick mini game um on an, an rpg but that is that is apart from um exploring the story that is pretty much it uh, when it comes to gameplay on Oxenfree. Um, so for all its strength when it comes to story, and I thought it was really intriguing, um, you know, it's, it's your mileage is going to vary how, how open you are to sort of paranormal and, and kind of weirdness, because it's kind of a weird story, as I say, my, my touch points really are X-Files and Donnie Darko. Um, but um, yeah, in terms of the actual experience itself, I found there's quite a lot of trekking around the island, um, quite a lot of backtracking as well, and, and that's made much, much, much more uh, enjoyable by the dialogue and you know the, the, the interaction between the characters. There's some really lovely stuff there, actually. Um, but it feels like you know that's kind of faint praise and it's sort of intended to be you know without it it would be a slog certainly but it's a big part of the game that dialogue um but even with it what it does is it just makes it kind of okay in my in my view um and yeah i was slightly disappointed i mean i'd seen the reviews i think it averaged around eights you know high sevens eights um for me, Oxenfree had a lot of potential and didn't quite live up to it. So I'm really interested to play After Party, which is from the same developer, so um, Night School Studios, um, which is also in Game Pass, um, and um, see how that see how that compares. Um, but yeah, I, I expected more from Oxenfree. I, I enjoyed the story, but as a game, I thought it was a bit lacking. So um, yeah. That was um, that was a bit of a mess for me of of the three uh, games certainly that I'm talking about today. That was probably the most disappointing, um, albeit interesting, but just not particularly fun to play in my in my opinion. So yeah, quite a few weeks for news, but a busy few weeks for games and um, really nice variety across the three games I've I've talked about today. I think um, as I say, Vampire for me was uh, exceeded my expectations. Um, I would really recommend it it's, uh, just in terms of, of the style um, something that to me was, was very very different to a lot of what I've played so um, a really really pleasant surprise even though I was expecting quite a lot from the game I mean for me um, I would probably it would be a 7 or an 8 for me and I think that's above um, where it's sort of averaging on reviews um, Unravel 2, again if you're a two player, um, looking for a two player experience then um, it might be the thing for you. I personally, for anyone else, I would recommend uh, going back to the first game. If you haven't played that, that's where I would definitely start and possibly stop. Um, it had a lot of good things about it, Unravel 2, um, still beautiful, um, still sort of an interesting kind of puzzle platformer. Um, but for me as a one player game I was disappointed and also in terms of the, um, the, the, the huge emotional connection I had with the first game I thought the second game was was much less um, successful when it came to that although you know the devs uh, Coldwood have clearly you know they're clearly good people and they're um, I, I love their little um, their little signs at the ends of both games they're, they're really positive and and um, thought-provoking uh, messages really so um, yeah vampire above expectations unravel difficult one and oxen free just to round things off as i said just now i think is for me was slightly below expectations really interesting 
um, but just as a game it didn't quite work for me um, and um, yeah slightly disappointing unfortunately so as well as those three I've actually um, I've actually completed Wolfenstein 2 uh, in the last few um, last few weeks um, but I will come back to that another time because I really want to I'm going to write something about that for Jump Cut um, comes down to I played it quick uh, quick preview because it I played it on easy um, having um, started off getting a bit frustrated um, and also having read a really good piece um, talking about um, you know how they thought that was the best way to play that game so um, I've got a slightly related but different take on that so I'm going to cover that on Jump Cut and when I've done that which will be before the next podcast um, then I'll come back and talk about it on uh, the podcast because for me that was also a really interesting experience um, absolutely bonkers game and uh, yeah let's talk about that next time so that'll about do it for this time uh, I am obviously like everyone else um, would rather be outside a bit more and rather seeing people in real life but um, I am hugely grateful um, for how gaming can help uh, during this sort of period so um, I am throwing myself into gaming and uh, yeah I've got lots to talk about not just today but uh, I'm sure by the time next time we speak and who knows you know as I said the um, the, the news has been quite quiet these last few weeks but it feels like it's coming so uh, maybe next time we speak uh, there will be more to talk about there as well so I've been Giles, I'm Giles Wentmust on Twitter and Xbox Live and PlayStation Network uh, please give me a follow and a like and if you've got any comments on the podcast please let me know as well um, but until next time, goodbye <laughs>